Welcome to Timeless Truth with Pastor Jim Thomas, a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. For the next two weeks, we'll be giving our attention to a few past episodes, beginning this week by reflecting on a selection of the Psalms. Looking ahead, in October, we'll begin a new book study on the Gospel of Mark. May these studies equip you to think biblically in all categories of life, so that we all might be formed more into the likeness of our Lord Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Jim. Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. Alongside me today is a good friend and really our pastoral mentor. This is Scotty Smith. He is the founding pastor and pastor emeritus at Christ Community Church in Franklin. He's also a teacher, teaching pastor in residence at West End Community Church. Scotty, how are you? Good morning, Jim. It's always great to see your handsome face and <laughs> connect with my beloved Village Chapel family. Well, thank you so much for, for joining uh, me today. And uh, as you know, we, uh, we try to focus on Fridays uh, on a, a favorite psalm uh, with another pastor from sometimes nearby, such as yourself, sometimes really far away. But I know you've, uh, you've chosen Psalm 73 today, which is such a beautiful one. And I'm very excited to, to hear what you have to share with us uh, from Psalm 73. So would you get us rolling? Yes. So let me read through this psalm and uh, invite all of us just to hear the very intentional flow. This is one man's story, and he's very honest, and he's very intentional as he directs our hearts towards Jesus. So God's word for all of us. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their calloused hearts comes iniquity. The evil conceits of their minds know no limits. They scoff and speak with malice and their arrogance. They threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? This is what the wicked are like. Always carefree. They increase in wealth. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. All day long, I've been plagued. I've been punished every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed this generation of your children. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed and completely swept away by terrors as a dream when one awakes. So when you arise, O Lord, you will despise them in fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. 
You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And being with you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. Wow. Jim, what an amazing story. And what, you know, what really impacts me about this, just quite personally, this is my story. You know, here, Asaph, the writer of the psalm, wrote more of the Bible than many of the minor prophets. He wrote 12 Psalms. You look the collective amount of words God spoke through him for our edification. He has a significant voice. We don't think of him. He was a what we might call a professional songwriter and worship leader. He worked under King David. And actually, his calling in the temple overlap between the latter part of David and the early part of Solomon, hmm. which means a lot of history and a lot of crazy. Now, <laughs> we won't go there right now, but, but, uh, but, but here's what really stands out to me. The psalm is looking retrospect, right? He has done some processing. We, we are getting the benefit of a man who said, you need to know that as someone called into the things of God, I really went to a place where I continued the outer form of what it means to serve God, but my heart went to a really, really dangerous place. And mm. it kind of looks like this. What he gives us, first of all, he he wisely uses this image of slipping. He starts saying, I almost slipped. Later, he's going to talk about those who do slip. So he's he's... He's with them. He's not against them. That's the mm. beauty of the humility we'll see here. But in that opening section of the psalm, he talks about, here's what it was looked like for me. So um, I'm showing up at the temple. I'm showing up before then, even in the tent of meeting. I'm writing songs. They're singing my songs. I'm serving. And then this is something I noticed. I kind of thought it was supposed to be, if I do everything right, I'll have a great life. I'll get all these benefits, you know, <laughs> God helps those who help themselves. And uh, and what he says, you know, I envy the arrogant. When he's talking about his heart drifting with an awareness mm. of people that seemingly did not care about God like him. Mm. Quite honestly, Jim, I think he's talking about those outside the temple and those inside the temple. Now, I don't know this for sure. We'll, we'll talk to him in the new earth. We'll have a conversation. But how much of David's weakness, how much of Solomon's sin he got exposed to, I don't know. But, you know, mm. so, sometimes just when we see horizontally, right, we, we draw yeah. conclusions. Uh, he, he envied. He was angry. And yeah. it really was, as we see in that first part of the psalm. I deserve better than what I got. You know, mm. I wake up and talk about a pity party. They are <laughs> blessed all the time. Every day, every day I'm cursed. Every day I get up in life sucks. You know, really yeah. ASAP, you know, but don't we appreciate the fact that 
he's honest in saying sometimes emotionally as believers, yeah. when we get isolated, when we lose the sense of gospel sanity, you know, yeah. we draw those conclusions, right? Yeah, I was just going to say, I love that, Scotty. And you've pointed that out before, as uh, down through the years, as I've listened to you as a Bible teacher, how the Psalms, so honest, uh, so real. Here he is, like you say, looking around horizontally, doing a lot of that sort of comparison thinking. And that always leaves me either smug or, or small, one of the two. But but how how wonderful that God has this kind of thing in our Bibles so that we yes. who have had that same experience, I love, I love what you're pointing out here. Well, it's it's a gift to me because this psalm really gave voice to a time when I went through a burnout in ministry and had to realize doing things for Jesus and being with Jesus aren't always the same. Wow. But uh, but what is tremendous? Look at that. I think it's around verse 17 when he says, all this was oppressive to me. It was so hard to try to process what looked like the godless, the ungodly inside, outside the community of faith. It was oppressive till I entered the sanctuary of God. Now, Jim, I don't think at all he means I got on my donkey or climbed in my chariot and went down to the temple building because that's what I really needed. Because sanctuary is a reality before it's a place. Sanctuary is what the Garden of Eden was. It's the presence of God. It's where you go to say, I needed a come to Jesus meeting. I needed to be with the Lord. And so uh, he had a come to Jesus meeting and you begin to see the transition for him and for, for all of us, whether it's individually a believer or a church that's in need of gospel renewal, he got into sanctuary and he shows us, here's a few things that, that became clear. First of all, if I had really gotten what I was envying and assumed I had a right for, that would not have end well, ended well at all. Now, this is key to see in this psalm when he starts talking about, Lord, I see where you put them on a slippery place and all those who live a life with no concern for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, 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 it's not to meant to say to you and to me, Asaph is glad they're going to get what's coming to them. Because notice right after he says, the consequences of living a life just repudiating, ignoring the grace and glory of God. It and well for them and for me. You know, when he said, Lord, here's what it came to. I was like a brute beast before you. In other words, I'm not saying go get them. Lord, this is where as your son, as someone serving you, I now can say it got this bad. I was my, my anger, my sense of pity cutting up confetti from my own little pity party, you know, uh, that, so we all equally need the grace of God. What a, what a gift, Jim, to see the uh, story work of saying, I'm not better than anybody, and I am never going to look to my performance or simply uh, uh, the works of religion to really be the righteousness I need. It's amazing, wow. isn't it? And then, you know, the last part of the psalm, definitely want to mention this as we wind into this beautiful day and season, not too far from Advent. And I've already got the Advent music cranked up on my uh, uh, my sound, everything's ear, car, wherever. 
But yeah. notice what he does. Okay, the perspective he had was okay. Not simply, I need to repent, therefore do more, try harder. No, he immediately says, "Here's what I got in sanctuary, Lord. I am my most gospel sane when I realize when I ask these right questions, especially this one: Whom do I have in heaven but you? Yeah. Not what." He's not describing <laughs> streets of gold. And I cannot wait to when I really get all the goodies coming to me. No, Lord, you, you are what I want. You are, you, uh, Jesus, you are the true good and beautiful one. And I want you more than anything. And really, as I live in that reality of the welcoming heart of God and the gospel, then mm-hmm. it impacts how I view the price tags in my world and being with you, I desire Nothing on earth or, or nothing on earth can trick me into thinking that would ever be enough. Mm. So that that recentering on being known by the living God, being loved by the living God, always coming back and knowing that, like all Psalms, it's Jesus who made this psalm possible. You know, when he yeah. says at the end of the psalm, well, you know, even for the last verse, beautiful image, uh, right after declaring, Lord, you are everything. He says, here's the, here's the deal. You've grasped me. You're guiding me. You will take me. It's like he comes back to realize, here's the past, present, and future, my redemption. Uh, hmm. you, you grabbed hold of me. You never let go. It wasn't my grasp of you. It's your grasp of me. It's you will uh-huh. hold me fast. You're guiding me right now. Now, yep. when I'm a knucklehead and ignore it, I try to be my own shepherd, and that never pans out well. But you, you <laughs> are guiding me. You you are, and I'm wise to submit to that shepherd's crook so the rod doesn't have to do a different kind of severe mercy. And you will take <laughs> me to glory. I mean, Jim, this is one of the earliest affirmations about the future of an eternity that we would say the future is so overwhelmingly good. And Mm -hmm. thus, and this is the last thing I'll say, I love it when he says, uh, okay, uh, Lord, here's the end of those who completely repudiate grace as a way of life or look anywhere else to salvation but you. Here's the good news. Uh, uh, Unfaithfulness will be rewarded. But Here's what you and I know, Jim, and why Jesus said the Psalms speak of him. Jesus took our unfaithfulness. You know, Jesus upon the cross, you and we can have peace to say, there's one who took all my sin, who took my unbelief, who, who mm-hmm. took my wandering, who took everything so that right now we see the Psalm not as re-upping, manning up, womaning up, rededicating, do more, try harder, but no, collapsing on Jesus, who Amen. is our portion who is our righteousness. So brother, I love this Psalm and I'm so thankful you invited me today because I needed to preach the gospel to my own heart this morning. Well, and that last verse, as you said, Scotty, that the nearness of God is my good. And this is what Jesus has done. Made made that even possible for us to be near, right? To draw near. Amen. Wow. Well, that's just brilliant. I'm and what what is this like three thousand years old? Yes, I mean when you think about this and how how these are timeless truths that speak to our timeless longings as human persons, we just so so sometimes don't even know what we want and what we really need. And here is God saying, "The nearness of God is my good to us," and 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 just opening that up for us so that we can rest in the gospel. I just thank you for that. That was just. Really beautiful, and I appreciate you sharing. Would you 
Would you close us in prayer for the day as we get this day rolling? Absolutely. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you that all of your word is true, good, and beautiful because Jesus is the centerpiece of the whole of the scripture. Pray for my own heart. Pray for Jim. Thank you for our many decades old friendship with he and Kim and myself. We are always in discovering more of the gospel mode. And may it always be till we dance together in the new heaven and new earth. We pray for our friends listening in right now and later that we would see that even the placement of the psalm right in the middle of the Psalter, right in the middle of the Bible invites us to say, here is a good place of sanctuary. We can always come to know to whom indeed we are uh, uh, to render all thanksgiving and praise. Help us. As we move into Thanksgiving season and Advent, to be overwhelmed with your goodness. Indeed, Lord Jesus, you are our righteousness and to be with you and to walk with you and to live life and you for your glory is our good. We pray with Thanksgiving, Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Scotty Smith. Scotty, I hope you'll uh, come back and join us again sometime. Thank you so much for this. And uh, want to encourage uh, anybody that's listening or watching. Scotty's uh, also got a number of books out and want to encourage you to check those out. But um, uh, he has just been such an important person in, uh, in our lives and, uh, God has used you in really powerful ways. So thank you again, brother, for sharing with us from Psalm 73 this day. All right. Bless you. Holy kiss to you, Jim. Bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's study. Take a moment to leave a review and share this episode with friends and family. You can stay connected by signing up for our newsletter or follow us on social media. At the Village Chapel, we believe God's Word is unique in its source, timeless in its truth, broad in its reach, and transforming in its power. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com.